What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number nine. Oh, you're already at nine. We are already at nine. Tanita. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I'm your host, Jason Manorinter. We don't have got Dave today. Dave's out of town. And we got a good friend uh, that I've known for a very long time. 20... It hasn't been 20 years. <laughs> well, how old are... Let's we're, see. we're 33. I'm 34. You're, You're 33. 34. Probably yeah, 50. 14, 13, Vincent Massey days for sure. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So yeah, almost 20, 20 years and um, longtime friend. And he's a chief operating officer at Endex and a founding team member. Other things you might not know about him is he's an accountant and he currently ha- is doing a CPA designation. And he's also a CFA level two candidate don't know what that is but it's a, it's it's sounds, sounds legit. It's, a, it's a lot of letters <laughs> that i haven't finished and it's a lot of things that you know I'm, I'm hoping to complete and uh in the process of completing and i hope uh you know we'll we'll get through that yeah because like we were just talking this week and you just were writing an exam or yeah something? i was i was doing my core one exam in, in the cpa so um you know it, it's 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 something that I, I knew I always had to do. So the CPA is basically the designation after you have an accounting degree. Mm. Uh, you know, you, you look to kind of finish your CPA and then uh, you you, go, you move on from there. I didn't even finish school for accounting. I was there for three yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, no, that I'll, sometimes I forget that you, you <laughs> went into accounting. Yeah, uh, in hated it, hated yeah. it, yep. What made you even go, go into that? My parents. Yeah. My parents. And then I was like, what am I doing here? Remember, you, you always came down to Lethbridge and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some fun down there. They, the, uh, I think that, what was it called? The Roadhouse? Fan, I don't even know what they were called. Yeah. Those were, those were blurry nights for sure. Yeah, no, that's a lot like, like me actually, because I actually started off, uh, a lot of people don't know this. I did, my first year of schooling was in engineering. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Um, I kind of, my, my dad, I was the last kid. So he was kind of like, please, you know, do engineering. Mm-hmm. Someone follow in my footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I said, look, I'll give you a year. I kind of went into it thinking I'm not going to like it. Mm-hmm. I did it. Um, I just looked around. I remember being in class and I just looked around at everyone. And I was just like, man, I, I, I don't think I'm like these people. And I don't. Mm-hmm. know if i could do this for the rest of my life mm-hmm. but i do think sometimes what life would be like <laughs> if i did that and i'm sure you think sometimes what life would be like if you no had, bro don't no, even look don't, don't even look back i'm like it is what it i don't is. think there's yeah. anything wrong with looking back yeah. you know i think it, i think you have to i mean it's no regrets yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah yeah but i think you should kind of reflect on your decisions uh, right yeah totally 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 reflect and Everything happened the way it ha- needed to happen, right? Exactly. And now you're at um, Endax. Yeah, yeah, Endax. So, so before we start, yeah. this is what the whole uh, the podcast. I think we we wanted to talk about Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is well, Bitcoin, and mm-hmm. you guys run. Yeah, we we run a trading platform. So uh, basically, what had happened is around 2017. Uh, you know, we identified that there was a gap and there was a gap between what we felt was, you know, the standard of what a customer should go through to purchase cryptocurrencies uh, compared to, you know, what was actually out there at that time. It was it was like the wild, wild west, if you remember, because I know you were involved. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of my friends involved at that time to purchase Bitcoin. It was pretty much like find a place, find an ATM or find a broker, hope they're open Give them your money and pray that they're giving you Bitcoin because you don't even know. Yeah, it was so sketchy. Yeah. Um, the first time I remember I bought Bitcoin, you actually brought it up to, I feel like, a lot of fuss about it. Yeah. And you're like, yo, this is the next day. Yeah. This is. And uh, we were talking about it, and you're like, I'm like, well, how do you buy Bitcoin? And I think at this time, there was one place in calgary yeah. like in a cafe or something yeah, yeah 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 and you're like uh go there give up give them cash yeah. and they're gonna give you like 
Um, I think I set up your wallet for yeah, you. Yeah, you set up my like wallet that, or something, yeah. and they'll transfer it to your yeah. wallet and all this. Yeah. And I think I, I bought like four grand, and mm-hmm. I think it was like just. You probably had like a little bit more. You probably had like one and a half or maybe two Bitcoin at that time. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah, one point something Bitcoin, yeah. right? And then things went. Yeah, nuts. things went crazy. Things went nuts. It went like ten times that I went to twenty k. It was yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that exactly that point, there was that gap that we thought it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that sketchy. Mm-hmm. There's got to be an easier way um, for people to purchase Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and it's got to be safe. Mm-hmm. So really, that's that's kind of what set Index going. Um, so how did you get involved with ndax because like yes so uh because i started getting involved in the crypto community in calgary obviously it's a niche community it's a smaller community and um at that time there wasn't a lot of people talking about it so you knew my group was growing a lot of people we were talking uh in a chat we had you know our group started growing to 50 100 people and uh, some of the, someone in that group I had known through university had linked me with uh, Bilal, who was the original founder of of Endax. So he, you know, he said, "Look, my friend's thinking about starting an exchange here. Mm. Um, you know, do you want to meet him?" So I met him, and I realized that you met Bilal's friends. Or, I met Bilal, yeah. who, who is the founder of, of Oh, he Phoenix. is. Okay. Yeah, he's the CEO and founder. Okay. I met him, um, and I realized that, you know, I, I, I liked his passion, and I thought he was bright. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I came in very skeptical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, look, you know, maybe I want to get on board here. I think I'm, you know, I think I could bring something here, and I think it's something, you know, I'm passionate about. Let's see what we can do. So that's kind of how it started. So it was just you two at the beginning? No, at the beginning it was Bilal. He brought on uh, another guy uh, early on. Mm -hmm. And then he brought on a compliance officer because the thing about when you're moving money in Mm -hmm. Canada, you've got to have a money service business license. Mm -hmm. And with that, with FinTrack, you've got to hire a compliance officer and and all that. So there's there's a lot of things you have to do beforehand. And uh, then I came on board. Um, so this was early 2017. This is yeah, late 2017. Okay, late 2017. Yeah, weren't you guys um, also the first Canadian trader or something? What What happened was we were the first one with an official bank account, mm. um, and th- that was one of the biggest gaps uh, in the industry at that time. Is all the other platforms and brokers and atms out there they were getting shut down by banks so they'd they'd you know build a numbered company they'd open up a bank account get Mm -hmm. shut down those assets would get frozen they'd move to another bank account you know from then so on and so forth and what we did was we approached the banks Mm. and we said look give us a bank account and they said well what do you do crypto no we're like (laughs) and we didn't take no we said okay well no fine but what's it going to take mm-hmm. well you're going to need this this and that and mm-hmm. then we just kept persisting we we did everything they asked and you know finally we got one of them to uh, say yes so you guys were the first legit canadian bank that allowed you to do transactions with bitcoin like yeah so yeah. basically we there was no fear from our clients that their funds would get frozen or anything like that. It was just Canadian banks dealing with Canadian banks. So you could send an e-transfer, you could send a wire, you could send, you know, a bank draft to us. And there's no kind of, you know, fear that your your account's going to get shut down or that account's going to get shut down because that's what was happening at that time. Okay, so let's actually start diving behind the business now mm-hmm. of Endex, um, your role, what mm-hmm. you do there. And kind of how you've evolved in the business and what it was like at the beginning and where it is at now, right? So what do you actually do there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing that's funny about startups, uh, you know, we're we're always mentioning this is you you have to wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. Um, There's only so many bodies 
and you've got to basically, uh, you know, you've got to get every ounce that you can out of every employee. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I run the day-to-day operations of the firm. I, you know, I'm in charge of the trading platform. So mm-hmm. I've got to make sure that the platform is, is functioning correctly the way we, you know, the way we have making sure everything is is right mm-hmm. customers deposits are getting processed or withdrawals are getting processed mm-hmm. yeah I, like i said a lot of hats so when ha- you first get yeah. into business right you yeah. don't even really know what you signed yourself up for exactly right, right? you start to you, you know that's the cool thing about a startup is you know when you, when you're working for a big company mm-hmm. you may be passionate about a few things Mm -hmm. but you can only you're only fit into that role that they've given you Mm -hmm. and they only really want you to focus on what your job is and you can't really grow you can grow if you you move horizontally or vertically Mm -hmm. but you can't you know the role starts to fit in a startup you start to see who's good at what Mm -hmm. and where they can go and take everybody's kind of you know, best benefits that they, they can bring to the team and, and you start moving them then. So to go back to what you're saying, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So I, I make sure the trading platform is functioning correctly. I, I'm hedging our assets, whether it's crypto or, or our US dollars or Canadian dollars. I, uh, I'm i the treasurer. Uh, I'm the signee at the bank. Mm-hmm. Make sure our bills are paid. Make sure deposits are coming in. Uh, I run the, you know, a lot of the, the, the staff that are there, especially on the non-technical side. How much, uh, how many employees are there? Yeah. So, you know, Index has been growing. Mm-hmm. It's been a successful company. This is we're you know, we're into our third year now. And uh, I would say Index is a startup tech company. We're a startup right? tech company and we're moving from a startup to the growth stage, which yeah. is, you know, kind of huge. And, yeah. And, and to go from a startup to growth, you're really, the metrics you're you're looking at is, you know, revenues, mm-hmm. you know, are you making profit? How many employees you have? So we've moved from four or five employees at the very start mm-hmm. to now we're at, you know, 16, 17 uh, employees. That's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Good for you guys. It's, um, it's very hard to stay consistent and grow the business, especially in this market, right? Um, how have you done that? And are you like managing these people? Or are you st- and like, how did you evolve into your role i guess like did you even know you were getting into all this when you started no honestly (laughs) i didn't know specifically what my role was going to be at Mm -hmm. that time and like that's kind of what i was mentioning you have to i I don't know how all startups do it but for us we grew into each role and you know who whoever excelled in their positions got to where they were doing and and the thing i want people to know about a startup is it's not all um, rainbows and roses. Oh hell yeah, no, 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 no! It's it's, it's long hours. <laughs> yeah. It's shitty pay at mm-hmm. the very beginning. Yeah, um, you've got to sacrifice time, time with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're we're pushing seventy five hours a week easily. It's the grind, man. Yeah, right? that's the thing about life. No matter what you do, <laughs> you have to grind. No matter yeah. what industry in what job Mm -hmm. you know anything you have to grind olympic athletes have to grind if they want to get to the olympics you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's that's everything in life if you think that you're just gonna coast through life with you know everything happy go lucky and not have to put the work in you'll never succeed Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it took a lot of work to get to where we were we sacrificed a lot of time weekends i think yourself you saw you know sometimes i'd be bringing a laptop to you know, a house party, <laughs> yeah. right? So, um, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I just got to do this transaction yeah. and make sure this is good. I'm yeah. Like, and that's, yeah. that's the thing about a startup. And that's the thing about the crypto industry is it's 24 seven. There's no Christmas. There's none of that. So. I didn't know how deep you were in with the company mm-hmm. and how, um, involved you were. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you are actually like taking this head on Mm -hmm. and like taking the lead role with a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, there's, there's, I think everybody at the company is definitely, you know, everyone that's working there is got a huge role Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't want people to think it's just me or just a select few, everybody that's been there from the start. um, I've seen so much growth from all the people that are working there. Everybody's been challenged to do things that they're uncomfortable with everyone's been challenged to grow into things that they never thought they could do. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what I would say is the 
best part of being in a startup is you're challenging yourself every day. You know, it's not mundane. You're wearing different hats and you get to really you get to really know yourself. You get to see what you're good at, what you're bad at, mm-hmm. and see if you can take those things that you're bad at and, and make yourself better. Totally. How did you feel getting into this? Did you know what you were getting yourself into? Because you went to school, right? Mm-hmm. And you essentially joined up with this company. Yeah, my, my dream, yeah. really, my dream was to go into equity research, okay. right? And that was that was the grind that I was getting into, mm-hmm. you know, before crypto came around. Mm-hmm. And then when I learned about crypto and I saw I could use some of the traditional skills that I have mm-hmm. and I was passionate about something, I realized... Dude, you were so passionate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was so, you know, I'm, I'm blessed mm-hmm. because... I get to work every day in an industry that I'm passionate about and not a lot of people get to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it's a grind. You yeah. don't have the security mm-hmm. of what you used to have, you know, at a traditional company. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't say, you know, you're not worried. Is this company going to exist in five years? You know, yeah. I have to worry about things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there, there's a risk you're learning, but uh, I think that, you know, after Endax, that I think, you know, a startup is something that I would go into again, right? Totally. So it's it's very, the skills that you learn. Um, it's such a high-paced environment, and I feel like it's like, it's really exciting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And, and well, I, I don't know if you could go back to a, a traditional nine-to-five. And a lot of yeah. people say that. But what what I wanted to mention was I hear a lot of people say I can't work a nine-to-five. I heard you, you've said it. I've heard yeah. many, many people say it. But I don't know if that's necessarily true, mm-hmm. right? Because I think people look at a nine-to-five and they say, oh, I got to go to work. I have to have a boss and I got to do something that I don't want to do. But I want people to know there's a lot of shit you don't want to do when you're working in a startup. There's a lot of shit you can't do, you don't want to do, but you have to do, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when you're working for a startup or you're working for yourself, you own your own business or whatever, it's not all rainbows and roses. Like, no. You're doing stuff you <laughs> wish you didn't have to do. Yeah. But those things I feel that you don't want to do. You have if you have to do it because it's on you, right? If you don't do it, exactly. you're, who's going to do it? Exactly. And I think what is different with like a nine to five is you know at the end of the day is like this is your kind of your thing also. Yeah. Um, no one can let you go, and like it's something like you're more passionate about, right? Yeah. You're, you're choosing to do it. I couldn't imagine myself doing an accounting, right? Yeah. Because it's just like. I did mortgages and I felt like it but was then, this. But then think about, think about this, right? Think yeah. about if you did do accounting and then you started your own business. Exactly. Those skills that you, you yeah, would have yeah. had, right? Yeah, yeah. So I it, get that. I get that. I think it's the thing that's the thing about startups is you take, like, I'm taking skills that I had at Bell. Yeah. Right? When I was working at Bell. And I remember that's when you started your mortgage you know, kind of, oh, God. Life, right? <laughs> at Westbrook Mall. Those were, we were tr- like kids yeah, back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you have to take everything that For you've sure. learned in your entire life and you have to apply it because what was the point, right? So what would you say you've learned the most um, in the since you started and till now, right? Because, you know, I feel like it's funny because we've known each other for so long mm-hmm. and we, <laughs> we've seen each other, I feel, grow. Definitely, yeah. Um, you know, from like, Man, high school party days, yeah, you know, to, to just work st- and we were doing what, stupid shit, doing so much dumb shit, right? Yeah. Um, I, I remember you, you're uh, you always had house parties, uh, yeah, lots of house <laughs> parties, you know, everybody there yeah. doing a we, lot of we did a, crazy we did a lot of, stuff. of dumb yeah. stuff, yeah, but so do a lot of kids, right? For sure. And I and I wouldn't like it, like you kind of said earlier in the podcast. You can't look back and regret anything or change anything. Mm-hmm. I think I'm very comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy about where I am right now. And, you know. Well, the, what I was tr- saying is like we both have seen us, ourselves grow up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, even being in the in the mall mm-hmm. um, when you're at Bell learning sales and I'm doing mm-hmm. like we were still very young. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We I think we're at an age where we're like. This is getting serious. Like this is we're building something now. We're we're doing something. You're trying yeah. to you're trying to um, 
you're trying to better your life for mm-hmm. not just yourself but for maybe your kids later on your in future, the future and and your whatnot. family yeah, thing you, yeah. you start to get more resp- responsibility comes yeah. because yeah. you need to be responsible for more than just yourself and exactly. you have to look out for you know others so mm-hmm. so what would what would you say you have learned about business you know kind of just like taking it head on business and uh, learned about yourself within the last three years about growing and development and like those are those are pretty heavy questions yeah let's uh, get into that yeah. um what have i learned the most about myself i learned that um becoming uncomfortable is is good yeah. um if you're not uncomfortable with something that means you're not challenging yourself you're you're being complacent you're being you know you're just staying kind of where you are but mm-hmm. to move further up and onwards you have to be unco- you have to do things that you wouldn't necessarily do and you have to go in it and just say fuck it yeah and that's what's great about a startup is that you if you don't do it the company might fail mm-hmm. there's there's a lot you've got to challenge yourself every day and so what i've learned about myself is that i can i can i can f- see a challenge out there mm-hmm. and i like to go at it straight up whereas when i was a kid you know if something didn't go my way i would kind of leave it for the last minute and kind of just put it push it under the rug hope it goes away but with with now Mm -hmm. i know that you gotta take things head on and and go for it and and more or less nine times out of ten you're gonna probably come out of it um okay totally i think a lot of it is being comfortable with yourself to know that you could do it yeah and the more things you do that are uncomfortable the more things you will do and let yourself do things that are uncomfortable because you're you're getting comfortable now with being uncomfortable you you know what i'm saying that's exactly it you're you're getting comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah which is it's hilarious but i i've i've also learned that man small companies small businesses they're all they all you know they they're they're learning as they're going not every like not everybody is this professional um everything is correct everything is documented everything is this way like that's what you know we're going through right now where you know index itself we're, we're going through a couple um registrations and licenses and things of of that nature and and you you start to become you start to see this startup this baby Mm -hmm. turn into a real company that has to do real things Mm -hmm. you know um code of conduct professionalism hr all of that is real but Mm -hmm. when you're a startup it's kind of pushed to the side and then you realize all those things that you learned about corporate governance all these things they're very important and uh you, it's it's pretty crazy yeah uh, structures you know policies tr- business structures uh, yeah, business. contracts <laughs> yeah. um yeah. uh you know every contract you sign you better be reading it yep. and get your lawyer to to sign off on it and lawyers cost a lot of money yeah <laughs> i totally agree man yeah. i feel like um people that are looking outside of business um think on the forefront everything is looks good mm-hmm. but on the back end even with our business it's there's so many things that still need worked on mm-hmm. or like you know with all the companies i've got into it's like you're working on these procedures something happens now you got to fix it and now totally understand where you're like you need structures you need policies yeah because all these things have happened yeah and that's why all these big corporations, all these big companies have these in place, right? Exactly. It's not for no reason, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And I, just, yeah. I remember going in school, I remember, and I was taking some courses. I think, what was it? It was like corporate strategy or something like that. Like, And I was like, man, I'm going to be an accountant. Who cares? Yeah. And then I just realized, like, and I remember we were talking to someone and she was, she was trying to sell... Um, you know basically she wanted to show strategy and all of that and everything she was talking about i'm I'm just recalling from my business class and i'm just like wow like these things matter yeah they, they, they're they're important totally. and and you can't 
when you're young you just whatever you think like life is it's so simple yeah. <laughs> it gets actually yeah. so complex right yeah, yeah. I, I think i think that's what most companies um new companies that are startups it's always evolving and it's you i feel like no one actually knows what they're doing you yeah. know unless you're like 10 years into the business into the company you have your structures but they say it takes like what five years to actually get the business in place right yeah so you know you have startups yep. and then you can call them alpha companies then you have beta companies and then you have growth companies right so there's different stages of startups that are out there and, and you guys are in your growth uh, yeah we're starting to move from beta yeah. to growth and and you just you just see it's every year things change so much at a startup so mm -hmm. i'm just so interested to see what it's going to be like a year from now i remember the first day we got to our original office you came to the original office didn't you no actually i've never been there you didn't come to oh. the barbecue or any of that I don't, I don't remember, but I'd like to see so the we, new office. We you guys went, have, yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to, you know, we had an original office. It was, you know, it was in downtown. It was, it was a little beaten up. I remember the first day, what, what did we do? Like, we had the founder on the ground on his knees, like, painting the wall. And, like, I'm painting the wall, and I'm on a ladder, and we're, we're painting yeah. the office. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know fast forward to now now we're in a really nice building in uh in livingston place uh in in eau claire area hmm. and you know things have just things have just gone so well for us mm -hmm. it's it's been so exciting mm -hmm. and i just think uh, you know i think what's going to happen two years three years from now where are we going to be um it's exciting to think about things like that how many um so does all your employees and everyone like are they all going to work or do people work at home now or well, like, how, does, yeah. how does that so work? being a tech company yeah and, and and a tech company in alberta we can get into that a little bit later but yeah so being a tech company we're used to working from home so when covid happened mm -hmm. you know we we set our our kind of emergency procedures up and and you know we have kind of documents on you know if there was a fire at the office what would we do so we kind of use that response for for covid mm -hmm. and we all started working from home and it was very easy because we all work from home anyway on the weekends or at, at night like i say we were working 75 hours a week so yeah. um it was very easy easy startups are agile mm -hmm. that was not difficult uh we're a tech company too right mm -hmm. so not difficult at all um but yeah we st we're thinking of coming back we're, we're still kind of assessing the situation out there in, in calgary i know there's been new cases and and the cases are starting to get worse so you know we're we've held off of on returning to the office but uh, mo most of the calgary people yeah they're they're definitely come to the office and they're um, all in calgary the calgary guys that are that are working with us they're mm -hmm. in the office uh we have some developers that are are um you know work over um across canada and overseas mm. and so they're not all in yeah, all, and okay. we've got a couple guys in uh eastern canada as well that works work for us so and one sorry in, in edmonton crazy i i guess i didn't even realize you guys were a tech company <laughs> yeah well that's yeah that's fintech <laughs> right? right so yeah. So that, that's the thing in Alberta. You're starting to see a lot of tech companies start to evolve. Mm -hmm. um, there recently was a, a, you know, kind of a mandate by, from a working group here. And uh, I, they finally convinced the Alberta government to start looking into tech companies and fostering them and realizing, hey, we need to help them. Mm -hmm. And we need to show, show them that Alberta is a place where tech companies can really you know nurture themselves and, and grow mm -hmm. and so they they're starting to bring a lot of policies that are going to help startups and vcs uh investing in in tech companies um grow in 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 alberta which is very exciting in to calgary hear. too i'm hoping for well sure. yeah, yeah. Mostly, calgary yeah. Uh, it, these are province-wide um, um, so you do see like um shift where the government's trying to help people bring bring them in because it's probably so toronto empty. added toronto added eighty thousand jobs from tech only last crazy. year crazy right so why don't they come to calgary exactly 
And, and, and it's like probably so much cheaper. It starts too. from the province. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that people are starting to realize, hey, let's, you know, let's start to put a little bit of money in, in tech. Let's start to diversify the economy a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're, you know, turning our backs to the oil and gas industry. That is the core of, of Calgary and Alberta. For sure. Um, but let's let's put a little, let's help these tech companies grow because they can innovate and they can bring jobs in. Right. So mm-hmm. we, we went from four to 14. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, in in three years so how many other companies are doing that as well so you'll see a lot of tech companies are growing got it i have a question for you yeah let's hear it what what have you learned uh, after nine episodes of behind the business and and talking to a lot of people that have started their business or working for startups or you know in that kind of entrepreneurial um phase what i've learned the most and like you said it, and I feel like pretty much all entrepreneurs say it is, you know, this, the startup, um, you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. When you get into entrepreneurship, you, you really don't know. There's no, there's no training module. There's no direct way to do it. Right. Because if you're your own entrepreneur, you're going to do things and then if they don't work out, then you're going to try something else, right? And how many people do you think don't do it because of that very fact? They think, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. How could I do it? Exactly. Yeah. They're scared. Yeah. They're, they're trying to prepare for something that might not even exist. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a fear base where they're creating something in their mind and they're scared that like it's not going to work out. It's not going to look the way it is and it's not perfect, right? And so when... When you get into your head, that's when you, like, even if you think you're going to fail, which you are yeah, going to fail, of course, um, that's going to hold you back. So you're actually failing already by not actually trying, trying, yeah, right. And I think that's one thing um, I keep hearing. Whereas everyone that's starting up, they don't really know what they're doing. Like, <laughs> you know? yeah, like, I mean, you've got to know, you've got to be prepared and planning, you know, certain things, mm-hmm. but you don't know everything. Exactly. And you're not supposed to know everything. And I think that's probably the best thing about your podcast is that yeah. if it can make one listener say, fuck it, that's exactly what, let me yeah. go, let yeah. me go try it. Yeah. Then, you know, I think you've accomplished something. That's totally what we're trying to do is pe- actually get people to do what they actually want to do right yeah i mean what if you don't even want to know what you are are going to have to do in the future like if you knew what you were doing with index right now yeah at the beginning yeah you might have been like fuck that right yeah yeah but yeah like to 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 move into something that is different and new is the hardest thing and and be okay with failing and i think that's what be okay uh, with failing yeah be okay being uncomfortable is okay. It's actually something you should want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you grow up, you're in school, you learn every grade, you learn something new, mm-hmm. you're learning new things. And then what, what do you say when you're done university? Are you saying you're just going to stop learning? Mm-hmm. Are you going to just stop? You're going to just be that person till you, you pass away. And that's where I think people stop too. Yeah. They don't further their education yeah. in any ways. Not, um, and also personal development too, mm-hmm. right? Like I think we're in the next phase of life where people are becoming more aware on how their brain works yeah. and being able to manage that and, and how to address that, right? Yeah. So I think I think self-development is like a very key thing to your happiness and people don't want to put in that work for self-development mm-hmm. to, to become more aware of yourself. Right? A lot of people are unhappy and then you ask them, you know, why are you unhappy? And they list things that they actually have more control of than they, they think. think. Yeah. And I hope that's, if there's anyone listening that, um, you know, you've always been passionate about something, you know, do the planning, make sure it's a good idea, yeah. make sure that it's going to work. You, you don't just quit, you know, something that you're doing now to do something that doesn't make sense. But if it makes sense, mm-hmm. Don't be. Don't let being afraid of not thinking you can do it stop you. For sure. I think that's awesome advice, Tanim. Yeah. So explain like 
the process now that you guys have if because i haven't bought bitcoin since i mm -hmm. sold it mm -hmm. <laughs> um but right now so if someone wants to buy bitcoin with you guys is it only bitcoin can they buy everything else all the other like coins whatever coins yeah we I, have yeah, yeah we have a, a large assortment of coins what we've decided to do here um is is we don't want to bring any coin onto the platform we don't want our users trading some coin that only you know has a really small market cap that can be manipulated that we don't feel comfortable with our clients selling so mm -hmm. we like to take some of the highest market cap coins uh, you know the ones with the most demand bring them onto the platform and allow canadians to sell or buy with canadian dollars so do they just go onto the website and like create an account and then transfer funds into the account that's exactly it so they, they got to create an account and get verified so mm -hmm. we have to make sure that it's you that's uh, registered so you can either instantly get verified or if there's some you know something wrong with it. let's say you moved and your address isn't the same as mm. you know three years ago then it's going to ask for additional documentation once you're approved uh, you fund your account you can buy bitcoin in 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 a minute and uh you know withdraw it or keep it on the platform so you're like let's say a thousand dollars i buy like i don't even know like 10 percent of a bitcoin mm -hmm. so that when i buy that online i just get that bitcoin and so you can you can hold it on the the platform if you want you can mm -hmm. hold it on your index account um or you can say look i want to withdraw it to my own personal wallet what do you what do most people do with their bitcoins right now yeah so right now um i would say the majority of our clients they purchase bitcoin and then they'll send it to another exchange like maybe binance or something and then they'll maybe buy some other coin with it that they can't get here mm -hmm. maybe they'll trade it back and forth there or maybe they'll just store it in their own wallet mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our clients just keep their crypto on the exchange itself on index has anyone bought in real estate i remember you were talking <laughs> to me about yeah, this so uh, about like I you were like was, they were doing like transaction and like it's, it's actually a lot easier than people think so in 2019 uh it was 2008, late 2018, maybe 2019, we partnered with Click. Mm -hmm. It's a home builder here in Calgary. And, uh, you know, to make it so anybody could buy a piece of property with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I had a deal going last year, uh, but it, not just, you know, people have the fear of using Bitcoin. Yeah. But there's also that kind of a little bit of a fear of the market here right now, too residential sure. profit because when you're buying with bitcoin not only are you saying okay look um well i'm gonna sell my bitcoin now what if bitcoin goes up yeah and then you're also saying what if the home value goes down so it's it's a little bit weary mm -hmm. at this time i do have something pending oh, going really? on right now but the buyer is a private buyer so he he he's not usually we'd make a pr about it and and kind of go to go to the news and make it kind of yeah yeah uh, but for him, he he's more of a a private guy. So okay. we're gonna you know wait and see. But it ha it hasn't been completed yet. So we have not done a transaction yet. But it's definitely uh, very easy. Mm -hmm. And really, the way we're doing it is we're just gonna liquidate that Bitcoin to Canadian dollars, mm -hmm. and then that's when you sign the agreement to, uh, for the price and and whatnot. Yeah, I think it would be pretty straightforward. With like, hey, I have you know. 20 bitcoins and then you just liquidate it yeah. and then just yeah um and so you guys just hold on to that those bitcoins well it depends it depends on on what's going on you know we have different practices and hedging strategies and whatnot and we have floats that we have so for up or down it, it depends so we might keep some we might liquidate the whole thing we might um you know hold a little bit so you guys trade them also do you guys trade Bitcoin? Well, we, yeah. when you say trade, we don't we don't like to say trade. Mm -hmm. uh, we hedge, we hedge. You know, uh, we we hold a lot of crypto, so we try our best to make sure we're selling near what we feel is the top and buying back to float when we feel we're near the bottom, just to average down our our you know the cost of assets mm -hmm. that we have. 
What's Bitcoin at right now? I uh, I think it's it's moved up to ninety six hundred US. I think just in the past hour, whatnot. So I think we're almost up to thirteen K CAD. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's you know it's gone through a lot. What what happened is in March when the stock market crashed and everything crashed mm-hmm. with COVID and everything. Uh, we saw Bitcoin crash. Bitcoin crash. It went from like 9K to like 4K or something like that. Hmm. But it's recovered quite a bit. And so is the stock market. So, um, you know, right now we're, we're kind of dealing with everything is eerily back to normal. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are still afraid of, you know, investing in anything, whether it be the stock market or Bitcoin or gold. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of worried about uh, the actual overall market. Yeah, I feel like um is that and that's true with with uh, residential investment as well. Yeah, the re- the residential real estate too. I I say give it another 3 months to actually see where the market goes. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's 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 everything right now. Everything yeah. is like let's let's wait 3 months. Let's let's see how the US election goes. Let's see um you know how how, how if we're going to have a second wave of covid if we're definitely going to be a second that. wave of covid i think so if we yeah. have to shut down the economy again i don't know if it recovers like it does right yeah so. i don't think it i think it'll take a lot of time yeah um but what's interesting with bitcoin it's like pretty steady and i've i i would have thought it would have been like a lot lower but it's he- held its price and like I, I still don't really understand it. It's a, it's a it's a volatile asset when compared to traditional assets, of course, yeah. right? But what we're starting to see this past, definitely the past few months, mm-hmm. is is that volatility is starting to die. But what I do know about Bitcoin, yeah, it's is, not like yeah. like before. It yeah. was like a thousand to yeah. four thousand, yeah. like you know. Yeah, what I do know about Bitcoin though is the longer the volatility kind of. And again, uh, I have to always preface this that I'm not giving financial advice or anything like that. But uh, what we've seen in the past is that Bitcoin, when it's stuck in in you know low volatility, where it's not moving much, mm-hmm. it'll explode one way or another, mm-hmm. up or down. So you know we're kind of waiting to see which way that goes. Do you think it's going to go higher? And do you, like what is the future of Bitcoin? Because when it first came out, it was so hot. It mm-hmm. was like everyone was talking about it. Everyone was throwing money in it. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I feel it, there's still talk about it, but it's. I feel like there. It's not very clear with where it's going. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that that's that's the you hit it right on the button because I think what it's going through right now is really what's going to make it or break it. Uh, you know, in the next five years, Bitcoin, what the, you know, the white paper came out about Bitcoin during the first financial crisis, the 2008, that financial crisis. Mm-hmm. And right now, a lot of people are speculating that instead of people dumping their money into gold and other precious metals like they usually do during financial crashes, mm-hmm. a lot of people are speculating that maybe they're going to start moving into digital assets like Bitcoin. But, yeah. Right. So it's it's hard to say it's still a lot of speculation out there. But what I do know is that a lot more institutional clients, a lot more family offices are starting to get into Bitcoin. Um, JP Morgan, um, you know, really? Yeah, it's it's you know, a lot of major players are starting to say, hey, we're going to get a little bit of Bitcoin. We're going to just see how it goes more than what it was before where they they were kind of just shutting down bitcoin thinking it's crap a lot of companies too are this is what i don't get they're like creating their own bitcoin like how does that yeah so like wasn't facebook gonna create their own bitcoin (laughs) i think what happened is part of after that boom of bitcoin in 2017 you also saw the rise of what's known as icos which is basically um a way to raise capital, mm-hmm. but through digital assets. So they create their own coin. They say, hey, look, I got an idea for a project. Do you want to invest in it? If you invest in it, you can. I'll give you this coin. Mm-hmm. And this coin is going to represent you know, that project. Mm-hmm. And if that project you know, goes nuts, mm-hmm. then 
that coin that you have that's going to be worth more. So that's what was happening at that time. Mm-hmm. And because Bitcoin was going crazy, people were just putting money in. Oh, this thing only costs twenty five cents. Exactly. That's get, the, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get you know like one hundred thousand coins. Yeah. And then if that's it goes good. to a dollar, wow, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, you know what what we saw come out of that was a lot of people raised a lot of capital. And they ran away with the money, and because these weren't regulated or anything like that, mm-hmm. people were uh, out of luck, right? Yeah, there were so many coins that came out, yeah, <laughs> and it was like, which one do you choose? Mm-hmm. And it was like a straight up gamble. I felt because mm-hmm. you'd read up every coin, seemed like it was so promising, and uh, yeah, you would put your money in it, switch it from Bitcoin mm-hmm. to there, and then like. It could skyrocket or grow low. You mm-hmm. don't know when to sell, right? So I feel like there's a lot of different avenues with Bitcoin and it's like kind of even like um, people just trade it. Well, there's the the, yeah. fu- the future, I think, um, you know, obviously a lot of people believe in Bitcoin and so do I. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are starting to really start believing in Ethereum and something called DeFi. And DeFi is basically decentralized financial instruments you know, a simple way to say it is there's traditional financial instruments that are out there now mm-hmm. and they want to decentralize it. And that's kind of the hype that's going on now on those things. Um, something like Compound, which is, you know, a way to make interest off your crypto. Uh, you know, it's just the way you make interest off, you know, your money now in the bank, in yeah. the bank. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to make it so you can make interest off your crypto that you own. Uh, so you that, just leave it in their account. Uh, the way, yeah, it, it's it's a little bit uh, um, more advanced than that, but yep. it's yeah, it's something that's starting to take off quite a bit. Um, the other big thing is tokenized assets. So that's that's saying you know instead of those tokens, what I was talking about in the ICOs, those coins having no. T- t- tokens are like bitcoin same as bitcoin or like people uh, use the word token to 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 represent a coin okay and so what we're trying to say is what if that coin was the same as a share in a company if if you own a share in the company you have legal right you know in canada you legally own you know part of that company yeah, yeah, right yeah so what we're saying is why not bring that legality to some of these assets and and digitize them so may instead of owning a share in a company you could own a digital share in a company how would that work to own a digital share like could we relate it to real estate like a house exactly same thing you could tokenize a house you could tokenize an entire building complex you could tokenize an office and so right now right right now um so, yeah, explain that because, like, yeah, let's yeah. say let's say a house. I own a house. How would you? Let's say a condo, right? Okay, condo. You, you, you yeah. grab a couple of buddies and you're like, let's invest in this condo. Yeah. How many buddies can you really get for it to be worth it? Like, what would you say is the maximum? To be worth it, I mean, like you're not going to get a hundred friends. Right? No, 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 no. Right. Of course not. That's but, so complicated. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be cool if everybody could just put a thousand bucks? Yeah, so one, I think all the paperwork, if you actually wanted to do it like yeah. on paper. Yeah, lawyer fees. Lawyer fees and each Voting person rights. signing yeah. and like all the contracts and like if there's no mortgage, whatever, but you're not going to put every single person on title, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just going to be crazy, right? Right. So yeah, it would, it's a lot of work to, it would be a lot of work, in my opinion, to get a hundred people on uh, one. Yeah, person. same same yeah. thing for a, an office building, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's that's kind of what the. So, that's, so you guys would sell token, like let's say the condo's worth like three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and you wanted three hundred of your friends in there. Mm-hmm. They, the thing. So so what they're doing is they're using the blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. And so what the blockchain is, it's a digital ledger that can't be. Uh, it's immutable, so it can't be changed. You can't go onto the blockchain and say, oh, actually, Jason owns 20% of this, mm-hmm. right? It's impossible. So you guys would create a... A private blockchain. For, for like, let's say 300 units mm-hmm. for this condo, mm-hmm. and people could buy it. That, that's what tokenization is, right? Okay, so okay. so it's, it's saying, okay, now we don't need... 
the lawyer to look through all these pieces of paper. He just has to look at the blockchain. Oh, mm-hmm. Jason owns this. Tanim owns this. Um, you know, whatever friends. Yeah. Dave owns yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's all on there. And there's nobody can say. Actually, no. I I own fifty percent of this. No, no. You know, that's the reference. That's the ledger. That's immutable. So it makes. This is a very simple way to say, it, but it makes the overhead and all that complexity. Uh, it, it simplifies it and makes it very easy, and it also digitizes it, so everyone can see it on a platform. So that's that's the that's the base. Of what, Sounds like the future of what you guys are trying to create for well, the well, not us, right? Yeah, like, like I'm not saying you know, Index is doing that, but yeah. I'm saying that's what tokenization is, and that's what you know, that's what a lot of people are looking into, and, and thinking of getting into, and that's it's really taking the blockchain and and the benefits of the blockchain and applying it to different industries. When you say blockchain, you're talking about the technology. The blockchain got very popular because of Bitcoin. Bitcoin was probably the first very popular project on blockchain. So what blockchain really is, is it's, it's the simplest way I can explain it. It's a digital ledger. Okay. So it's, it's something that's digitally available that no, nobody can just, they can't change it. They can't, like, you can't go. You can't tweak it. You can't tweak it, right? It's there. It's, it's like. Permanent. Yes. Yeah, so it uses cryptography and, and whatnot to, to be able to make sure that nobody can singly change it. Because mm-hmm. once one block is created, that second block has to be verified by all the other um, you know, signers. Mm-hmm. And once one block is different than what it should be, it's, it's rejected. Mm. And that's, that's kind of the premise of it. When you, when you look at you know, different organizations and different industries that can use the blockchain, you, you start to realize there's a lot of jobs out there that can be lost mm-hmm. because people can rely. They don't have to rely on a middleman to say, hey, all right, uh, let me check that out. Yeah, it's right. Okay, you're It's good. already done. Yeah, we can both check it out. Just think about money, right? Yeah. yeah. Like right now, if you're sending me money, like a hundred bucks, yeah. you're going to send it to me, interact e-transfer, right? Yeah. How, how does that work? Like, how do I know you, you gave me a hundred bucks? Like, so, how can I say, yeah, for sure, Jason gave me the hundred bucks or the debt's done? Well, because Interact's telling me. Yeah, you can email telling bank, me. Yeah, exactly. The bank's telling me. Yeah. And so the bank has to tell me, Interact has to tell me. What if you could send me a hundred bucks and we could both look on the internet right now and see that I got the hundred bucks? Yeah, that confirms it. So you guys just. So there's no middleman, middleman right? Mm. So then you, So then you start to see that the fees that it would cost to move money and, and to move tokens and to move shares starts to become a lot cheaper, faster and whatnot. That's going to take some time. Then like, I could see that well, happening. Yeah. Like a year it's ago, happening right now, a right? year ago, everybody said it's going to change the world and everything's it's going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that are listening, you can look up Deloitte usually has a report every year about blockchain and, and what it's done in different industries. And, you know, something that they mentioned was, again, everyone had this hype that it was going to change everything. Mm-hmm. But right now we haven't seen much. Mm-hmm. Right. There's projects being worked on, but it's it's taking some time. And just like anything, you know, it, it takes a lot of time for traditional industries to adapt and change and, and become agile. Once I feel it does pick up, though, it will move fast. Like it actually does pick up. You need innovators and, and leaders to, to change. Mm-hmm. And once they've changed, people will follow and other industries will follow or they'll fall behind. So that's, you know, that's how it works in any industry. Yeah, because if you look at look at uh, electronic vehicles, right? Yeah. So now everybody's, you know, Tesla came in. Now everybody wants to make EVs. Exactly. So it sounds like, though, it's the technology that's going to like Bitcoin came out and now it's the technology that's more like going to be used in the future. Not like, I don't know if Bitcoin's the main one, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like if. Yeah, it sounds like the technology. Well, behind- you don't want to mix Bitcoin and blockchain up. You you have to look that blockchain has a lot of. Uh, I thought blockchain was the Bitcoin between the transactions. Exactly. Yeah. So Bitcoin is built on blockchain, but blockchain can also be used for different 
industries exactly yeah but obviously bitcoin wouldn't be used in those industries yeah you know at the same time yeah yeah bitcoin is more of a of a play on on the, the u.s dollar and the canadian dollar and fiat currencies mm-hmm. where people are starting to say look these central banks they keep printing more money and every time they print money that money you have in your bank account is worth less mm-hmm. how much was you know a uh how much was a uh like a pop when we were kids at vincent massey I think it was like 75 cents oh yes a dollar right yeah, yeah. now man I, I was looking i think they're like three two, four bucks at least yeah yeah like 325 <laughs> yeah, yeah even water right water is expensive exactly. yeah yeah and it's not that water is is more expensive it's the value that your dollar is less expensive mm-hmm. so that good that same good it's the same water that you bought when you're a kid than you're buying now you just need more money to buy it right what confuses me with that though is if they're creating so many different coins doesn't that like aren't they creating coins like currency well th- those coins are you know it doesn't matter how many people are creating how many coins it doesn't have anything to do with bitcoin right so bitcoin is its own asset only 21 million oh, bitcoin will ever, ever will exist. ever be yeah, exist yeah. so it's a hard asset but the other currency other coins like what what is ethereum like what is it like these other coins yeah there's there's a lot of coins yeah, yeah. built on different projects built on what they feel that bitcoin is limited in in some things uh you know Ethereum what ethereum is very popular about are there smart contracts which is very cool mm-hmm. um you know the ability for a con for the ability for in the embedded in the technology of the of the of the coin and the and the blockchain you know that smart contract can say all right once you know once you deliver you know a good mm-hmm. then i will release this coin to you right mm-hmm. so it, there's there's stuff that can be built in that contract between you and me that's you know more than just us agreeing that you're going to send me the coin so there's there's stuff that you can build embed into that contract it's, it's good it's, it's, yeah i mean it's yeah. like it's it's a complicated issue there's lots of you yeah. know things and we're definitely at the very beginning uh of the industry and and you know and i i should preface all of this and say we don't know if bitcoin's gonna yeah. take over we don't yeah. know if ethereum's yeah. gonna take over it's all speculation um we can just start to imagine how certain you know coins and and how the blockchain and, and how can it how it can affect uh industries that are out there in the traditional route mm-hmm. are still are people still purchasing bitcoins or are, is it more just people are leaving there right now just investing or trading or do you, what do you good, good yeah good question um for us volumes have been increasing you know since we started and mm-hmm. that's part of our company growing obviously and our market share growing so mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know, more and more Canadians are finding Endax and trading and buying and selling on Endax, definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, overall volumes, overall volumes in crypto globally have, you know, it's had its ups and downs. Uh, recently, volumes are, are kind of decreasing just because the volatility has kind of gone away because people love volatility. They love if, a, if an asset goes up. 20 percent or down 20 percent because you can make money on either side right Mm -hmm. so um i think but where bitcoin is at right now around i think 13 american uh canadian right Mm -hmm. that is telling me people are just buying it and holding it right well yeah people are like why is it still so high some people are buying and holding it some people are constantly selling it some people are constantly buying it um you know that's just you know how any asset works Mm -hmm. even you know even even when assets are not moving up and down too much, it's really the volume. So not a lot of people are buying, not a lot of people are selling right now. Mm-hmm. In general, too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that, again, links to the overall kind of everyone's still kind of afraid to be investing in companies on the stock market. For sure. Uh, real estate. They're just everyone's kind of waiting for that left uh, or that other shoe to drop. Yeah, and I feel like Bitcoin is like not on top of mind, but when the market is hot exactly yeah gonna go yeah crazy right yeah Uh, it could it could right if the past repeats itself then that's something that definitely when when you're in a bull market like we've been since 2008 mm -hmm. 
you know, people are making money everywhere mm -hmm. that they're willing to take bigger risks. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Is there any last things you want to say before we wrap this up? Any, anything? I have to give a plug. Okay. So I have to plug Endax right now. So yeah, well, where can we find you? Yeah, yeah. so if anybody, um, if you're thinking about getting into crypto, if you want to learn a little bit about it, mm -hmm. if, um, you know, you're scared about it or, you know, you learned something in this podcast and you want to see about it, go to ndax.io. Mm -hmm. NDAX.io National Digital Asset Exchange mm -hmm. and uh, check it out. Sign up. Uh, you know, we're here to help. We're here to educate people. We're here to show them that, you know, crypto is something not to be afraid of. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's it. You got no, no last words. <laughs> My last words were I hope that people, you know, if it, don't be afraid to start something, challenge yourself, be comfortable being uncomfortable. All right. Well, you heard it from Tanim Razul. Thanks a lot for coming down, Tanim. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks, bro. Cheers. Cheers.